what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOTD Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. So happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is October 13th, and I've got an incredible interview for you today because I got to talk with singer, songwriter, Simon McBride out of Northern Ireland. And one thing I was expecting to talk about was talk about the music, talk about this guy's backstory. But if you are listening to music in 2020, we really go in deep with everything about listening to music in 2020, the theory behind it, and really understanding what it's like to listen to music. And also we talk about his MVP and everything he's done in 2020 and like from last year as well. So this is really incredible, especially if you're a emerging band in the scene today to really listen to this and really get the take that we have here because we go through so much that you will not want to miss it so take notes everybody so are you guys ready because this one is incredible about music theory and Simon McBride's new music so let's go well 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 ladies and gentlemen boys and girls listeners of the core progression podcast you guys keep hearing me talk about this guy tim that i worked with to get the interview with uh james clark of kill the lights he keeps sending me all these incredible artists and he brought me another one today so please welcome to the podcast mr simon mcbride so simon welcome to core progression podcast glad to be here thanks very much for having me thanks for being on how's everything over on in your end of the uh of the world it's all fine. Um, I'm, I'm, I live in Ireland, so I live across the water. Um, it's all good considering 2020 is a bit of a, a, a nightmare this year, but yeah, it's all good. I've just been busy, just releasing music, doing music, anything, anything music related. I'm doing it. So yeah, it's, it's all good. Makes sense. I was hoping to get over there at some point this year, but of course, 2020 basically destroyed all my plans. The only time I've ever been in Ireland was to catch a flight from a connecting flight from Amsterdam to Dublin and Dublin back to Chicago. So yeah, I, I got to spend like a half hour in the airport and that was about it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Ireland, it's a lovely place. It's beautiful. You know, the scenery and stuff, the, the only pain in the ass about it is it's just the weather. It sucks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's mostly rain, uh, all the time and, and it's cold. So, uh, but you know what? It's home. It's it's where I that's where I'm from. It's where I live, and it's you know it's a uh, yeah, it's it's Ireland. I call it. I actually call it the cloud because I, I just feel you know I, I remember years ago Apple they used to have their kind of like their headquarters or not the headquarters like one of their main uh, operations places in Ireland because I think it saved them on money or something. Uh, but and I always thought the iCloud cloud that makes a lot of sense. Ireland is. Is covered in a cloud of rain all the time. Anyway, so that's me rambling on about that. Anyway, <laughs> no, oh, that that's that's totally a okay. So last year I had a I did a decision to make because I was in uh, Croatia with doing a thing with Thirty Seconds to Mars, and also I'm like, okay, I don't want to leave just after that. Like I want to spend some time in somewhere, uh, some other city. I'm like, okay, I can either do Dublin or Amsterdam, one of the two. I decided to go Amsterdam, and it was just it was forty hours that I still think about that I was there because I slept like maybe two of them, and I just had a blast the whole entire way through. So I was like, this year I'm going back. I'm spending more time there, stopping in more places, and then also seeing a lot more music. But of course, twenty twenty happened. Exactly. No, no, nothing happened. That's basically is what happened this year. Nothing is happening at all. So, um, but yeah, Amsterdam is a great place. I've been in there several times uh but yeah i i know how you feel it's like sometimes when you're a musician you get to go people ask me all the time so you've seen lots of different countries and i'm like 
Yeah, I've seen the airports. <laughs> They're lovely. <laughs> but that's about it. I don't really get to see much of anything else when it comes to, uh, you know, different countries. So, yeah, there's a lot of countries I'd love to go back to, like yourself, and just spend some more time in it. But who knows? I mean, maybe once this, well, I'll say once 2021 hopefully comes around and this whole entire thing ends where everyone can kind of just go back to freely traveling the world that you get a chance to, especially with your new EP coming out, like just go out and promote it and play some live shows, but not only that, but also get some time to explore a little bit more. Yeah, well, that that is that is the plan. You know, um, these EPs were, uh, believe it or not, were never, to be honest, were never really supposed to be released. Um but I, I I spoke to the record label and uh, I, I convinced them to release them because I was like, well, why not just stick them out there? It's music, you know. And I, I'm so glad we did because at the end of the day, 2020 happened. And because my album was supposed to be out this year, it's now been put back to next year due to, uh, you know, COVID-19 and stuff. So the EPs are great because we're putting them out. And it's, you know, it, with t- today's industry, you have to keep your name in the frame. So you know that's eps come out and it's keeping my name out there you know so it's um it's it's good you know the having having the eps done you know uh took a while but we got there yeah but it's like you're giving the fans a little bit of a taste of something this year so that they're not just waiting like okay when simon coming out with something or then their focus is kind of shifts on to someone else. So by the time the album comes out, you're still fresh in the mind of fans. And then once the album comes out and you start being able to tour again and play some live shows, people have had you in your mind, have, have had you in their mind pretty much the whole entire year. Yeah, that's, that's basically the, the, the plan, you know, cause we, we you know, the, the releases are staggered. So it's, um, you know, keeping people as you say keeping keeping my, my name out there and fresh in people's minds and then um, you know with the eps we decided to do different uh you know uh covers on them like the, the dead in the water and then kids want to rock which are on the latest one you know they're cover songs of uh uh brian adams and david gray so and that also you know it, it you know puts me towards different people as well so it's uh yeah i think it's important these days just you know, to try and do anything you can in 2020 because, you know, touring is not there. So we can't go out and tour and play to people or even do festivals where you may draw in new people. So it's important to just keep your music out there. And plus there's a lot of fans out there who, you know, as you say, you know, if I don't release something, they'll go listen to something else. And I'm like, oh, no, listen to my stuff. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's been important, an important uh, thing to have this year. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it. Same. I'm glad you did too, especially like we were talking about with the way the music industry is where and the way the fans are now is just with how it's consumed with streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you might be streaming your music from due to the fact that if you're not, if you release say an album like once every two, three years, what happens is, is for those first couple of months, like that album is going to be pushed out there. You're going to be, you're going to be featured on playlists and people are going to end up listening to you because there's going to be that cycle there. But what happens when all of a sudden, you know, more people start putting out new stuff in between or after that time then your stuff kind of gets pushed to the back. And if you don't come out with anything for another two, three years, I've seen some bands do this. It's just, it's just kind of like, okay, well, whatever happened to you in there, even though you might've been touring, you might've been doing a lot of stuff. It's just put out something just to give the fans a little bit of a taste of something else. So that, especially when it comes to streaming, you're just constantly there at least at one point or another. And that's not uh, any, anything on just like the, the way the music has been, been produced. It's just a way of that 
the industry has transformed since, I mean, since all of a sudden it was MP3s and now it's streaming. So it's just the way that everything has transformed over the past 20 years. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, some people are still living in, in uh, the time of the 70s and 80s where you, you could put an album out and then take a year off and, you know, do, have a break. And, you know, so you put out an album every two, three years. Now, with the Internet and, you know, modern technology, you know, everything's all computer based and it's all algorithms basically. So if you're not, it's like, if you're on, even on social media stuff uh, and you're putting posts up on Instagram, you're going to gain more followers because you're putting more posts up every, every day, every week. Um, and their algorithm, the algorithms, whatever way they work, they, they see that and they keep pushing you towards stuff. Whereas you should take a break. They, you disappear, you disappear from, computer generated robot that's doing all this stuff and you don't do it so it's the same with music you got to keep sticking up the stuff like i always try to stick out stuff um you know whether it's like a live thing like uh, on one of my last tours i did we recorded well every gig we do we record it you know we bring our own system so we record the whole thing and you know in between you know tours we would kind of make like a, what we call a bootleg live cd you know and we and we, and we we sell that to the people, you know, it'd be, you know, it means that if there's a certain tour, there's a little snapshot on a CD or whatever, or do people listen to CDs anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so it gives people uh, something and you're, you're constantly keeping your name in the frame. Like there's other, if you look at some of the more successful artists, like in, in the kind of like, uh, you know, blues rock scene, there's like Joe Bonamassa, who's like one of the, the number one. Like he nearly puts like three, four albums a year. And, you have to ask yourself, why does he do that? Because it keeps churning over, it keeps promoting his stuff. You know, you are, we are all just, a, we're just a product really, you know? And, um, cause if you think about it, you know, I don't know about you, but I get bombarded every day by junk from like, I don't know, Amazon or, you know, whatever. And it's keep promoting, promote, promote. I'm sitting going, if I did that with my music, I'd be doing a lot better right now. So I keep putting that stuff, but you know, it's music's different. Obviously it's uh, it's hard to f physically create that amount of music to keep bombarding people every day with, but you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting period of time that we live in. And, um, but yeah, it's some bands I feel for them because they still, they take too long, you know, and you have to kind of, we can all, you know, bitch and moan about, the way the industry is at the minute, but you, you know, you, you just got to get on with it and go with the times. And that's just the way it is. You know, I can't change it. You know, it's a massive thing. I can't go in as one person and try to change the way the industry works, you know, so you have to work with it and go, okay, so I need to release maybe two, two albums a year, an album uh, or a studio album and a live album. Done. I can do that. That's easy. You know, and that's, that keeps it going, you know, you know, six months of the year, somebody's talking, you know, ideally you'd like to be released three things a year, but it all depends. It's, you know, touring and stuff. Uh, well, yeah, some people unfortunately live in that period of, well, we'll release an album, take a break and then come back. And you no, know, if you release an album, take a break, you're dead, gone. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I was, I was talking with my dad about that because he grew up in the 70s and 80s, so that was his style of music. So listen to a lot of like Van Halen, Rush, ZZ Top, hair metal. So it's like when all of a sudden he started seeing all of a sudden all these bands are coming out with just a new song like every couple of months. He was kind of freaking out about it because he just, oh, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And I kind of had to lay it down from like, okay, everything is different now. 
I mean, he just got his first cell phone at the end of 2015. So he, he, he wanted to hold on to that landline for dear life, man. It was, it was something, but one other thing too, is just when it comes to the music industry changing, it's something where if you're going to end up trying to hold on to the past and be nostalgic about it and have this certain sort of, um, put it on a pedestal because that's how you got there. That's not going to equal success in the long run because things are going to change. People are going to adapt and people are going to start doing different things that get them more notoriety. Some things, you know, especially with streaming, streaming became a huge thing this year, not only with streaming live shows, but other people in like the harder rock, like hard rock, metal, metalcore scene, like Matt Heafy from Trivium, Ronnie Radke, Craig Mabbitt, um, Telly from The War Live. They've gone on Twitch and they just started streaming. And I mean, Ronnie's like the biggest streamer on Twitch right now out of, after about not even a year on there, just having fun with it. So it's just... With especially with 2020 now, it's okay. Everything is different. There aren't any concerts. There aren't any tours. No festivals. Nothing. What can you still do to make yourself keep yourself relevant and keep yourself in the know with everybody when no one's coming to your shows and people are staying at home and just kind of sitting there thinking, when can we get back to live shows? Come on, man. We got to get through this, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know you can you can sit around and wait on it, or you can just uh, you know get with the program and go with what's what's happening at the minute and just uh, you know that to be honest there's a lot of older musicians out there who are uh, you know as you said like like your dad you know he's got his first cell phone 2015 there's a lot of musicians out there who are in that older bracket and they you know probably still don't know how to turn a computer on you know <laughs> so but you know for me when this whole thing hit I, you know, I was fortunate enough. I did a little bit of social media, not 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 a wild amount. I did, you know, but I, I I took it as an opportunity to go. Okay, let's get more online, more you know, YouTube, whatever all the you know the pop, pop, platforms are. But I just try to make something of that because that is the next generation. You know, it, it, no, it it's this generation. It is this generation. You know, it's the next generation is going to be some evolution of that i think um it's it's an interesting thing because I, I when i see like guys doing or bands doing uh you know live gigs online i don't like it <laughs> because it goes against everything that i do but you know it's like okay it's still an opportunity to see somebody play but um yeah it's a I don't know. There's something about it, though. It's like when you watch a band playing in a sitting room and uh, they're playing live, it's like it's like being in a rehearsal room. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's not, you know, you go to a gig and you have that, uh, you know, the big stage, it's like, or, you know, the, the audience and stuff and the side. It's like being at a football match. It's, you know, it's the vibe. It's the, it's the crack. It's, that's, that's what we all miss mostly about the live stuff. But I can see there's going to be probably some sort of crossover between the whole online thing and, you know, live thing more and more now, I believe, because I think people are going to be a little bit more uh, afraid in case something like this happens again, because, you know, it probably will you know, happen again at some point, you know, maybe in, I don't know, 100, 200 years or whatever, but uh, hopefully not in my lifetime again. <laughs> don't think I deal with another one, but yeah. There will be another, I think there'll be a more uh, online presence within music. And, and, you know, I can even see it. Uh, I think my record company told me the other day, I think the YouTuber now is starting to pay out properly, not properly, 
what something for music being played or something so i think it's like 0. 0.00001 of a penny or something like <laughs> but whatever it's still something so it's it's still something because like some of these bands especially with some of their music videos like some of them have like over 100 million uh just views on their youtube videos for because i'm thinking like with rise against uh my favorite band so i was like with them savior has 103 143 million views it's like you know maybe they could have gotten paid for that a little bit more than what you guys actually did due to the fact of how many people watch that video but that's just kind of what happens but I, I know you're talking about with the the live stream shows because i remember when covid first hit the first the first one that really did that was dropkick murphy's because they wanted to do something for St. Patrick's Day, so they had one at their, um, basically at their rehearsal space. And I'm not gonna lie, they actually put on a pretty good show. They had a, they had some of the stuff going on. They had some of the stage presence, so it was cool because it was the first thing like that. But I'm seeing certain bands come out with those virtual concerts where you have to pay, you get to watch for 48 hours. But it's just something where I miss going to shows and just experiencing all of that. I just miss the whole entire connection that you get to the music when you actually get to listen to it live and just see everything going around there, participating with the fans and just also connecting with the musician on stage as well, just watching what they're doing and just feeling the same emotion at the same time. I know they're doing drive-in shows now because uh, Beartooth is doing one about an hour away from me in the middle of October. And I'm thinking about going to it just because I want to see a live show, but it's just not going to be the same if I have to sit in my car the whole entire time because that's just... Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's slightly odd, you know. We're we're all creatures of habit, basically. We all we're all used to going and seeing a, a live gig and, and a show, and there's no better feeling. Like I, what was it I watched recently? I watched it was NXS. It was a live gig. It was nineteen, it was early nineties or something like that. It was at Wembley Stadium, you know. Wembley Stadium takes like sixty, seventy thousand people or something, and basically. Even just watching the Blu-ray, right, or, or you know, oh, it's just, it's gone. this is incredible. It's just, you see NXS playing, and they're great. You know, they're an amazing band, but you see that whole audience, the whole 67,000 are just jumping. And you're going, that's why you go to get gig. That's why you get, it's that whole thing. It's that vibe. It's that, just the experience, you know. And uh, unfortunately, it's hard to recapture that on on. You know the, the internet and in, and in, in, in your granny's bedroom or something i don't know but <laughs> you know it's it's the best of what we got right now so we just have to go with it and it's still good to see it from what is we got to make do what we have now but we have to work towards getting back to that feeling because it, it's like with sports as well people go and watch football matches because last year when i was in amsterdam i got to see ajax do a uh it was a champions league qualifier i just went to the game just just because i'm i'm like I, i've never actually been to a european football match before i want to see one in person I went there for a Champions League qualifier and the energy half hour before the match even started was absolutely insane. It was like, it was almost like nothing I've never ever seen over here. So it just reminded me of what concerts were like at the same time too. And just the same feeling that raw energy that you get from just everyone around you, just everyone happy, everyone in a good mood because you're all there for one thing. It's like with going to concerts, you're all there to just enjoy the hell out of the music and just get like let loose well, for me, most of the time, it's getting to a mosh pit and just go nuts because that's how I like to go about it. But yeah. it's just I miss that a lot. And you, the Internet can't recapture that because it's like watching it's like watching sports at home. You're not going to get the same feeling you do unless you're actually there. That's true. It is true. It's it's, you know, I, the other night I watched a football game. Uh, well, I didn't watch the full football game. I watched part of it. and uh, There was nobody, uh, you know. 
uh, there. And it was just a weird thing. You know, the, the players are also playing as if there's, you know, there's people there. But you could hear the players all shouting to each other on the field, which normally in a, in a football game, you can't hear anything. It's just noise, crowds and stuff. But you could hear all the players shouting, you know, over here. Yeah, and I go, what? That's weird. But okay. But, you know, so it's, uh, but yeah, we all, we all love that. It, you know, it's it's our escape. It's a party. That's really what a gig is. It's just a big party, you know, and that's what we all miss. And we're just we're all just not allowed to party anymore. We're out to sit in the house. <laughs> we have to sit in the house and reminisce about the times we we got to go to those big giant parties. I know, I know, I know. Well, you know, hopefully a little uh, we'll get back to going to going to the parties again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully 2021, we're able to get back to going to those parties just because my, I, I'm still thinking, my God, I miss the hell out of it, man. Yeah, you know, we all miss it, you know, but I think the key is to get through it is just to keep busy and just find something to do. There's always something to do, you know, I, at the start of this whole thing for me, I, there's two ways I could have went. Um one way was sitting my ass and doing nothing, which I know a lot of musicians which have done that, and they're you know they're going and seeing. And uh, whereas I decided, nope, I'm gonna make the most of this. I'm gonna plan, do stuff. I'm gonna make every day. It's a routine. You know, I, I have two young kids, so and it's and it's very important for though for my kids to have a routine, you know, because it's just good for their brain and, and their development and stuff. So and it's good for my brain and development because. I don't know. I would go and see and sitting in the house watching TV all day. You know, there's only so much Netflix I can watch. You know, now I'm into watching. I've watched all the A movies, watched all the B movies. Now I'm watching bloody C movies, <laughs> which I'm turning off halfway through. Going, oh, this is dreadful. But yeah, I think it's important just to keep 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 going, keep busy. You know, I, I've spent since March. I've recorded an instrumental album. I've done you know lots of. Uh, I've started an acoustic stuff. I've done lots of session stuff. I've done lots of videos for, you know, some of the endorsers that that I have and stuff. So I just haven't really stopped, you know, which is, and to be honest, I I looked at my diary the other day and went, it's nearly Christmas. (laughs) Where did that year go? But the other part of me is thinking, such a crap year. (laughs) But, you know, I was busy. So it's, you know, just make it, your own if you want. Yeah, and that's the mentality you have to have too for something like this because it's just somewhere you're going to get lost if you don't keep going and you don't continue on because because yeah, like you said, you're going to end up watching Netflix, you're going to get through all the movies to the point where you're going to end up watching just bad Nick Cage movies and turning them off halfway through because they're bad Nick Cage movies and you just can't stand it anymore even though I absolutely love watching those cuz they're just so stupid. But like uh-huh. but with like a, but like with what you were talking about where yeah, you can't go out and play like this, but you're doing a lot of things for people that you're endorsed with. A lot, you're doing a lot of session stuff. You're recording a lot of stuff, and you're focusing in on what you can do now instead of what you were going to do. That's a huge thing, and I kind of took the same thing as well, especially with this podcast, because I want to get a point, to a point where I'm like, I want to be have this podcast be basically what it is today at the beginning of the pandemic, because I'm like, okay, I'm not really doing much here, so can we get something where all of a sudden I'm constantly interviewing all these different bands and artists, and I didn't want to have one during this pandemic where a week where I had to do an episode that was by myself anymore. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It happened twice. And it was right at the beginning. Ever since April, I've always had guests on. And now it's to the point where I'm doing two episodes a week. So just like, wasn't going to stop. Just keep on going. 
yeah, you just got to keep on going, man. You just got to keep doing stuff, keep 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 busy. You know, that's you know that's that's just human nature. That's the way humans. That's the way we work. We we have to be doing stuff. We have to be busy. We have to be working. You know, they, they if you think about it, in prisons they put people in solitary confinement for you know months on end because it drives them insane. You know, I was going. That's the same as being a lockdown and not going out and doing anything. So make 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 good use of your time. You know, that's you know doing the podcast thing is great. You know, uh, and the more you do it, the more it's like anything. The more you do something, the more popular it gets. And, and uh, it's like music. The more pe- you get out there, more people listen to, you and you just keeps building and building and building. So yeah. And then also it's like the same thing. The more you do it, the better you get. So it's just constantly that practice makes perfect as you keep going on and on and on. And yeah, I can totally attest to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, that old saying, practice makes perfect, really. you know? So. Oh, easily. So I kind of want to jump into some of the music, especially what you have on with um, what you have right now on Spotify, especially with the new EP with your uh, with your covers of Dead in the Water and Kids Want to Rock because... I mean, that's what's that's what's coming out right now. That's what new. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what I want to talk about at some point. So sure. I just want to talk about Kids Want to Rock because out of the two, that one definitely has more of that upbeat vibe, more of that up-tempo, like, you know, really get into it. And especially for something like myself, yeah, I can really get into something like that. So what was your decision to cover Kids Want to Rock? Well, uh, it took a long time. We, we picked it cover songs for the, 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 the series of EPs that are out at the moment. Um, so it's always a hard decision trying to pick a cover song, you know, because I, I don't, I'm the sort of person, I don't want to do a cover of somebody else's song unless I can do it justice. You know what I mean? It's, there's so many cover songs out there, which people have done. And it's like, yeah, should have just left that one alone. But so I'm, it's always very difficult for me because I'm, I'm, I just have that mentality. I just, cause you, when I think about somebody else's song, it's like, you know, they have spent ours and, and and put their heart and soul into something and they tried to make it the best that they possibly could you know so i want to do the same i want to be able to take a song and go oh i know i can make that as good as the original i'll try to but still put my own thing in it but kids want to rock was uh yeah it was strange because it, it brought me back to when uh i was a kid and i think it was somebody asked me what was one of the first guitarists I ever learned? And uh, I told him, yes, it was Kids Rock, Wanna Rock by Brian Adams. Then I went, that's one I should try and cover. So, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's not that it was the second thing I learned. That's, you know, the Kids Wanna Rock song. It was uh, when I was uh, started playing guitar because it's an easy, simple, little kind of bluesy rock guitar thing. Um, so, yeah. I was listening to it going, yeah, it's, you know, the original is amazing. And I was thought, what can I do different to this? And I thought, what's, you know, it's, uh, I think something else came on the screen. I think it was Foo Fighters or something. It was like, oh, yeah, I could kind of take that, that kind of, oh, that will kind of work in it, you know. And then I, I when, we, when I was playing it, I, I, I kind of played something. I'm going, kind of sounds a little bit like Black Sabbath a little bit, you know, so. It's kind of like Brian Adams meets Foo Fighters meets Black Sabbath in a way, the way I think I've done it. Maybe other people listen to it and go, it sounds like, I don't know, Spice Girls or something. I don't know. But <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, I like the song. It's a great song. It's a simple song. And it's, I think it's kind of current at the minute because, you know, 
you know, a lot of kids out there, they, you know, rock music seems to be making a bit of a, a comeback and, you know, kids, kids do want to rock, you know, that's when I play it in my house, kids, my kids are just jumping around the house to it. So when I was like, it's a good sign, you know, they're, they're not jumping around the Westlife or something, you know, it's all rock stuff. So the Westlife is banned in my house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, that. so yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great song. And, and, and I, you know, I think I did a good job of it, and I, I, I think I put my own self into it as well, which is good. So, but yeah, it's uh, it seems to be going down pretty well, and it's quite it's more on the rock side, which is basically me. I'm not really, you know, people call me a blues rock guitar player, and I go, I don't really play blues, <laughs> you know. So <coughs> it's mostly rock stuff that I'm into because that's what I grew up listening to. I grew up in the eighties, um, so I don't in that you know her metal phase. So I was so, but whatever. Uh, so yeah. So if that's the case, I should bring my dad on the podcast just so you guys could talk about just '80s music the whole entire time. I mean, he would have been just like, ah, yeah, just gone off on like just '70s and stuff like ELO, Van Halen, Rush, uh, ZZ Top, all the hair metal stuff. He would have gone off on it. But one thing I did like what you said about with the cover song is you wanted to pick something that you could do justice to because you're right. There are a lot of covers out there that just kind of really fall flat and some that probably shouldn't have ever been made but then there are some where it's just they do the song just and just add to it like johnny cash's cover of hurt by nine inch nails or disturbed covering the sound of silence i mean they just really take those songs and just make them their own but also keep the originals in mind so that it's something that's the same but new at the same time as well and it just both end up being fantastic and i like the fact you take that mentality at the same time as well just because like you said a lot of these artists, they put their heart and soul into these songs, and you want to make sure that when you put your twist on it, that you're not doing that any kind of disservice. And I do, after I was listening to it, because there was a couple of things I picked up on, but when you mentioned kind of mixing with like a Foo Fighters kind of feel, I can totally see it now kind of running through my head. I was like, that totally makes sense, especially with the vocals, because I couldn't necessarily figure out like who it kind of reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of... It was like a mixture, just kind of how the the tone of your voice was. It was like a mixture between Dave Grohl and Bruce Springsteen. It was something that really threw me off at first because I just wasn't expecting anything like that. But it was the right way to go, especially for the pace of the song. Yeah, well, that, yeah, the thing is, certain songs. Well, th- th- this is the process, as I said. It's a hard, it's a hard thing picking cover songs, but you find the ones which work are generally the ones which just come quite easy you know ideas start to come oh i could do this or i could do black sabbath thing or do true fighter you know it's a, a whereas other songs if you have to spend any more than 15 minutes trying to think of a way to do your own way of it uh it's like no this is just not gonna work like you know i i would never pick a song by say chris cornell or something right because there's no no way in a million years i could even attempt to sing like that you know and I think when, like, when you mentioned like Johnny Cash and stuff, then a lot of those uh, cover songs that he did, he, he, the thing is, he just done songs in his own the way he does, the way he sings, the way he plays. He didn't try to be anything different. He just done. That was it. And uh, I think that's why it works. So I think if you just be yourself and pick stuff which you know you can just be yourself with, um, then do it. Where I, I, some people try to do songs which is a little bit out of their range or, or, or out of their comfort zone. Or maybe that's the problem. I don't really know. Uh, but for me, it's just the case of I just need to pick, pick stuff that kind of instantly feels kind of 
oh, I could do this, you know. Um, now, don't get me wrong, some are harder than others to sing or, or, or play, but it, it's it's all about capturing that that vibe, that that instant thing where you go, yeah, this will work. And that totally makes sense too. However, there are times where you could do try something that's a little bit out of your range, a little bit maybe out of what you think you could probably pull off. And sometimes it could work out absolutely like incredible. And that's what happens when bands experiment with different sounds within their own sound as well. And sometimes you get to these experimental albums, which at times you're just thinking, wait, this isn't going to make any sense when you put it on paper. But then all of a sudden you start playing it, you start putting it together and it just sounds amazing. That can happen, but it doesn't happen all the time. However, it all depends upon what you want to do as a musician. And if you are definitely more comfortable with all of a sudden, you're trying to think of something to cover and, and then bing, bang, boom, you find something that you just can really connect with right away and you figure out, okay, I want to go and cover it and I want to do it like this. Hell yeah, go for it. Because then you get something like Kids Want to Rock that just is, you get this like fun rock song that all of a sudden you add your own twist to it and it just has this real nice flow to it, upbeat, everything. And I swear to God, just crank this up for your kids. They're going to be going nuts to it. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you're correct when you say you know try some some different stuff as well. Because there was a song, what was the song I did? There's one of the covers. It's on the previous one. It's a, a it's an old song by the Kinks. It's called "I Gotta Move," and it wasn't me who chose that song. It was uh, the, my bass player. He plays with me, a guy called Dave Marks, and, and he played it to me like an original is an old 50s rock and roll thing, you know, it's like ding, 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 No, nah, <laughs> I just can't do that, you know. And he said, no, 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 try it, try it, try it, think, think, you know, think, uh, you know, reaching against the machine or something, slow it down. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I just honestly didn't really want to do it at all. And then I started playing, he started playing with it and I started playing with it and I'm starting, I was going, Actually, this this is kind of not too bad. It works. So, um, but yeah, it, it turned out really well. We did. We went down that. You know, we slowed it right down and, and went into that kind of a reads against machine kind of heavy groove vibe on it. So, and it worked. So there that that is an example of basically, you know, uh, uh, taking something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone and trying to make it work. Um, to be honest, dead in the water was a little bit out of my comfort zone too i was kind of a little bit going it's a great song don't get me wrong it is a great song by david gray but i felt you know because it's david gray is more on that kind of pop thing i didn't know how it would work you know making it more rock but immediately when i heard it I went james bond sounds like james bond <laughs> right let's do that let's make it more uh, uh heavier rockier like james like you know like something you would hear in one of the james bond soundtracks but anyway that's that, that's that's the other thing <laughs> yeah like with Denmark, like kind of thinking i kind of picked up on that a little bit because when i was when i was younger my brother big james bond fan he always had like the dvd collections of every single james bond film from sean connery through pierce brosnan because that's when they came out and all of a sudden it's like oh daniel craig starts being bond so all of a sudden he starts getting the dvds until skyfall came out and he's like Nah, I'm just gonna stream all these. So we would always watch those, and all of a sudden, you know, you'd get to the intro, get to the, through the intro, you get to the whole entire uh, theme song for the movie. And at one point, the only one that we wouldn't skip was "Live and Let Die" because you know you got Paul McCartney singing on that one. You can't really pass that up. But you listen to a bunch of the other ones too. It does have this real melodic, you know, theatrical kind of feel to it. And when it comes to "Dead in the Water," you really took that theatric and kind of turned that into something a little bit deeper and heavier and not as 
just like blatantly just wah like theatrical style just more of just this ooh kind of kind of sell just i don't know how to describe it outside of just ooh sorry that's beautiful man that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> just do it again do another five times that ooh. just ooh. <laughs> i'll come up with the wackiest descriptions i can just to try and like figure it out but sometimes they work and sometimes there's that which I'm not sure if it works or not. We'll see what happens when this episode comes out. <laughs> it works. It works. You know, everybody has their own way of describing music and how they feel and stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. So yeah, I might use that one. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to. Well, well, feel free. <laughs> just oh, okay. I'm gonna keep. I gotta stop saying that because I'm just gonna keep saying that the whole entire rest of the time now. <laughs> Yikes! No, no, you know, but um, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, the James Bond thing. The um, yeah, it's uh, yeah it, that Dead in the Water song. It was it just brought me instantly back to one of the James Bond movies. I can't remember. I, can't remember what, I think it might have been the one that maybe Chris Cornell did. I don't know. He did a, a, a one of the, the soundtracks for it. But um, yeah, that was my immediate uh, inspiration for just that song, Dead in the Water, because some of the chord changes in it are very james bond asked so i was like okay let's let's just go let's go there but not too far you know so i didn't want to go the whole theatrical thing and you know make it mad it was uh it was more the (laughs) i feel like when live shows come back what you're gonna have to do to start out your set is just to have like the james bond like the the actual theme just start playing and then just have like a spotlight follow you as you walk out and then all of a sudden you just pick up your guitar and the next thing you know, like the spotlight just starts turning red from top to bottom. It's a good idea. I like that. I might try that. If 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 you if I get to a chance to see you live and I see that, all I'm gonna do is just put my hands in the air and just go, "Yes, he did it! He did it!" Yeah, I know. I also come out in a in a, in a tuxedo and a dicky bow and pretend to be James Bond playing the guitar. That could be a new image, actually. You know, dicky bow. You know, no, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. That might might get a little uncomfortable on stage at some points. Well, you know, all the blues players used to wear suits, so I kind of go, you know, just a dicky bow and a mob. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make sure you get the sunglasses too at some point, just to do the clothes. Yeah. Whew, rip them off. Could do a few guns or something, maybe. No, I don't know. What am I talking about? No, I'm talking about James Bond on stage. <laughs> we we go we go from we go from Den the Water to James Bond just like that, and that's why I love this podcast because that just happens all the time with just the wackiness that comes out of it. So, yeah, that's that's the joy of conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. So because I'm not, I don't think I saw. Um, do, what other cover songs do you have coming out on the new EP that it's out? On the twenty third uh, of October, for everybody uh, listening it, at home, it's just those two songs which are on on each EP. It just has four songs, so it has the two the two covers which you heard, and then there's a track coming out called Trouble, uh, which is my own song. Um, then I have there's a live track on it. So each EP has two covers, one original, and one live track. The, the live track was original anyway, but it, it's a track called Stock Pockets. It was an old one I did. I say live. We recorded it in uh, Chameleon Studios in Hamburg, which is a big, famous studio. Uh, it's iconic. You know, there's been 
so many big artists over the years you know historic artists like like yeah i think even the beatles and stuff played in there recorded in there and you know ike and tina turner and all big big artists so we anyway they had this huge big live room and they you know i was in the middle of a tour and the record company called me and asked me could i just come in and just play the whole set they want to record it just live so it was literally the three of us in a room just played like playing a gig that was it so that's that's it's like a little bonus on, on each each ep so it's that live track so um but i'm printing the previous eps there was uh this is where my old brain doesn't work so uh we did the last ep was called 100 days and i think we had the uh the kinks track on there which was i can't remember now i gotta move i gotta move that's it yes see i'm old uh what was the other one? Oh god <laughs> I kind of remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I've got it pulled up if you want me to run through the tracks you have on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was on the last 100 days? I... Yeah, so you had 100 days, Give Me Something Good, I Gotta Move, and Hell Waters Rising. That's right. So Give Me Something Good. That was, oh, yeah, that was uh, 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 Ryan Adams. <laughs> what is it with me picking songs by people with the second name of Adams? Ryan Adams? Anyways, <laughs> it was so funny, right? That Ryan Adams song. Um, as we all know, Ryan Adams was in the in the press a while back there for being a bit controversial, and you know, which we'll not go into, you know. Uh, so I had just literally finished that song, mixed, got it mixed. The next day, the whole Ryan Adams scandal hit, and I was like, <sighs> you know, I was like, oh come on! So obviously, it was supposed to be on the first kind of a. Uh, EP or EP, so but because uh, that all hit, it was like no, no, we have to, we can't, we can't put that out right now because that's it's too much bad press around that at the minute. So, um, but yeah, because I I really liked that track and I thought I did a really good job of it. I kind of went old school fleet with Mike on it a little bit. Um, so that was uh, and you know. <laughs> You know, no matter you know, music's music to me. And Ryan Adams is you know, he's a great songwriter, and, and some of that that song is just an amazing song. I felt so. Um, but the other one, I got a move, as they said. I, I didn't want to do that at the start. Then the first EP, you had Show Me How to Love, and then what was else on Show Me How to Love? <laughs> you had Show Me How to Love, Dead Man Walking, Grandma's Hands, and Love Song. Thank you, Spotify, and thank you, Three Screens, because. Otherwise, I'd be like, uh, just give me a minute. This do, 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 like tapping like crazy on my computer. You think I know this stuff, you know, but I, I, my, my, my life is just organized chaos. Like most musicians' lives is just organized mm-hmm. chaos. But yeah, so we did uh, Grandma's Hands. That's an old Bill Withers song. And, and I don't think, I, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if anybody's really recorded that song in its entirety you know uh, as a cover a lot of people took the the intro and they sampled it years ago for a track called no diggity or something that was it was a little intro of the song which never appears in the song again but it was just the very start of it um so but i didn't do that i just took the rest of the song because the song is a great song so I, I decided to do that um but yeah it's always hard doing those kind of soul songs because those singers you know bill withers a phenomenal singer and they just have a, a a flow with how they sing and how they phrase their lines and their words it's very very hard to do because most rock singers it's all very straight you know everything lines up perfectly whereas when you're singing that that kind of r&b soul stuff it's like you're on the beat you're off the beat you're behind the beat you're you know it's 
ahead of the bait, it's all over the shop. But that's what makes the style as it is. So then we also have Love Song. That was the other cover on that one. Um, that's another one, actually, I didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> again, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, who was it? Yeah, again, it was the bass player again. He, he chose this one, bloody bass players. But uh, he, he uh, mentioned this thing because the original is nothing like what I did. It's like, I said to him, that sounds like an Irish jig. What's going on? I don't, I don't want to do that, you know. Uh, but I know it's a big, massive song. It's an iconic song from the 80s and stuff. And, and but as he said to me, he says, Let, let's slow it down. And we slowed it down, and I immediately thought, of Gary Murray, like, still got the blues because I listened to the melody on, on the love song thing, and it's a repeated motif, which basically, you know, it's a melody which, you know, plays the same thing, but moves down like uh, in tone or in pitch, uh, which is a bit like one of my favorite songs by Gary Murray called Still Got the Blues. It's a guitar melody, it's the same pattern, just plays it, moves down a few notes, plays it again, moves down a few notes, and that's what makes the song. And I thought, let me try this really slow, and I, and, you know, it seemed to work, and uh. Record company loved it. You know, we 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 all thought it was great. You know, and again, but so that that was me being proven wrong again. So, no, you know, what do I know about music? I don't know anything. So I just it's, after that, I just shut up and go. People just pick songs for me. I'll just do them. So, but yeah, you know, I I, I like that one. It was a hard one because, uh, you know, because the vocals in that are very, they're the same, the same words basically most whole way through. So it's very hard to make it different at a slower tempo because when you, you you're singing a song and it's quite fast like the original was a lot faster you know you know you can repeat the same words in, in the verses and, and, and it works whereas a slow song you can really hear what the words are you know what we're and what you know we're saying so you can't really get away with it much so we we i decided to uh follow that kind of r&b thing and kind of twist and turn and you know play behind the beat with the vocals and stuff like that so and yeah it turned out pretty well so uh, you know i was happy with the damn product from came to all of the cover songs worked out pretty well um that was the first song and then again a lot of the other ones are just hell waters rise and that's off my first record from i don't know 2008 i think and then dead man walking it's just i think it was off one of the second records i did which you can't really get anymore uh they've all been taken down so um but yeah I've done a lot of music this year. <laughs> All right. First thing is, is when it comes to cover songs, um, just remember if your bass player is going to suggest something, maybe actually listen to it, even if you don't want to do it, because it seems like it worked out. But then um, like with the songs you have in your, on these EPs that are originally yours from albums that you did earlier that you can't find, uh, is there a specific reason behind why they're not uploaded on the internet at all? Uh, no, it's just because we uh, a lot of the earlier albums were more kind of in that bluesy rock phase, and we were, you know, to try and uh, draw attention to what we're doing now, it's, you know, we decided to temporarily, you know, take them down just because uh, we want to draw people from the new stuff, you know, and, and not have them go straight to the older stuff. Because the older stuff has had, it's like it's been out in 2008, so it's there. You know, we will re-release it again, uh, you know, at some point, you know, in the future. But it's just, sometimes you just have to do these things in, in the industry just to, you know, you know, because with today's market, 
you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, uh, people people basically uh, have lots of music out there. There's too, so much information. There's so much. Uh, you go on Spotify or, or Apple Music, it's just like pages, hundreds, thousands of albums, artists out there. So if I want to draw somebody somebody new to what I'm doing, I'm going, okay, this is what I want them to hear. I don't want them to hear something I did, you know, 12 years ago or, or longer. You know, I don't. I, I want them to hear this. They can listen to that later on if they want. So, but, um, so yeah, that that's basically the reason for it. I can I can easily see you're coming from too just again with the fact that you want to draw people for you want to draw people into more of the newer stuff and more of the newer sound that you're working with from the past ten years instead of all of a sudden just having something else on there so people will be scrolling through all of a sudden they find some older maybe on Spotify using Spotify as the perfect example maybe one of those tracks from like 2008 2006 has more of a a lot more of a bluesy feel to it ends up being like your top song on Spotify. So when people take a look at the top five and they hit the first one, they're hearing more of a bluesy kind of things. They kind of already assume after, you know, first impression, boom, this is what you are and pass on it. And when, right, when all of a sudden it's like, well, for the past 10 years, we kind of shifted away from the blues and gone, especially more towards that just straight rock kind of style. So we want to bring you into that, but we just don't want that being overshadowed by maybe something that we did beforehand that a lot of uh, original fans really got into. So, they're pushing up the Spotify charts. It, it's it's all a calculated game here. It is. It is. You just gotta be uh, smart about things when it comes to you know today's game, as you want to call it. The music industry is just one big game. So it's uh, you know, as you say, you, you know, if I send somebody new to go check my stuff out, and the first thing they hear is something I did, you know, fifteen years ago. You know, the, the problem is a lot of people won't search or listen to a lot of stuff. It's like. I call it. I call it now. It's the 60, 60 second phase, basically. Or gone in sixty seconds. You remember that old movie, Gone in sixty seconds? It's uh, after the Nick Cage movies. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like, but that that's that's music these days. It's it's nearly like you have to, you know, give your uh, uh, it's just your first sixty seconds of any song is your calling card. That's it. It's it's it, that's what you do. You know, and if you don't get, you know, because a lot of people won't, if they don't like what they hear in the first 60 seconds, they won't, they won't listen to the next one. They'll not even listen to the, they'll just eh, go on to some other artist. It, you know, and that's just the nature of the beast right now with the uh, the world. And, you know, we have so much else out there. You know, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't have internet. We didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have video games. All we had was, I'm talking as if I was around 30 years ago. I was actually. What am I? Oh my god! You know, uh, yeah, I was ten thirty years ago. I should. So yeah, uh, you know. So yeah, I was around thirty. Yeah, we didn't have that, and uh, you know, music was basically everything. So people would listen to even. A, I remember artists used to bring out an album, and they would maybe have two or three good songs on it, and the others were just like what they used to call album tracks. Which basically meant not great tracks, not not singles, and not number ones. It's like these days on any album you release, you kind of nearly have to have every song a number one hit, if you know what I mean. Um, whereas back then it was like where people, but people still loved a lot of the album tracks because they really used to sit and get into the music and listen to it, you know, because it's all they had. They didn't have you know phones or whatnot and you know like most people spend their lives looking at this you know looking spend their life through a phone these days um 
It's quite bizarre. I remember being in China and doing a show and uh, just walking around videoing everything. You know, but well, that's just me being a grumpy old man. Well, well, well it's understandable too. It's just because I'll we'll jump back thirty years ago because people when they were listening to music and if they were like a band they were interested in, and they came out with a new album. You'd go out and physically buy that new album, whether it was a cassette or a CD. But the thing was, was you actually invested in that. So you want to listen to the whole thing to make sure you got the return on your investment. There's, here's my econ background coming, uh, coming into the podcast at this point. But so you, it's just an incentive to just keep listening and keep seeing if there's something there that you like, where now it's, it's, you know, if you subscribe to Spotify, it's like, what, like seven ninety nine a month. And then you get all, as much music as you want. And all of a sudden, if you don't like something right away, you can quickly skip to something that you know you like or skip to something completely different. And you're not going to give that a shot where someone like in my position is a little bit different. Like if there's an album that I want to listen to and I really want to get in deep with, I kind of have to force myself to go through the whole entire thing and uh, not skip anything. And it's just, well, because if I want to get it, it, review it and I want to do a good job on it. I'm going to have to listen to this thing a couple of times and maybe there's a song the first time I listen to it that it doesn't hit me right away. But then all of a sudden I come back to it the second time and it's just like, okay, let's just see if maybe I was distracted or something. Cause this happened with probably like my favorite song from the year so far. Cause I was driving from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Madison to see a concert. And my friend told me about this album. So I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it. I listened to it. And this one song stuck out to me. All of a sudden I listened to the album again as I kept going. Cause I'm like, let's give it another shot. And the song that stuck out to me stuck out to me again. But then two songs later, there was one that I just got completely blown away by the second time because I wasn't distracted. I was actually focused in on it. And it just talked all about depression and like what it means, what it just feels like to be overwhelmed by it. And just the sound of it was absolutely perfect to describe something that I'd gone through three years ago. So without being distracted by it, like I just got entirely into this song. However, if I was not that dedicated and really listening to this album, I could have completely missed out on all of that. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's um, there's so much in an album. When you think about it, if an artist was in the studio to record it, they're putting so much information into that, and a lot of people don't get to hear that. And it, it's quite sad that way because, you know, if you listen to an album, fair enough, some of the songs might not be the standout ones, but there may be certain element of that song, like, oh, did you check that, that killer guitar riff? Or... You know, the drummer does a serious fill there, or the vocals, you know, there's always something, you know, in it. Um, it's funny, like, I, I listen, like, I, I'm guilty. I do the same thing. I skip through tracks on Apple Music or Spotify, whatever. But, and, and I, if I, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more modern. I, I, if not doing it in 60 seconds, I'm like, no, next, next, next. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. But, uh, sometimes I find, as, like I said, people have, too much else going on it's on their phone or, or you know their work because it's like sometimes music is that now i become a little bit like background music you know i, I find for me when i listen to music i don't listen i don't listen to it in the house if it's in the house it's on in the background but um if i'm driving in the car that's when i listen to music because i'm not doing anything else apart from driving obviously it's a big thing but uh that's when I can really listen to music or if I'm going for a run in the morning or something, I get the headphones on and that's so now I, I listen to music and I really listen to it and understand it. Like I remember I recently got a vinyl player, a record player about a year, year and a half ago. And uh, I remember I, I stuck on, it was a Led Zeppelin 
whatever it was, the one with, I can't remember the name of the album, I think it's just called Led Zeppelin, but it has like Cashmere and Black Dog and all that stuff. And I stuck it on. And I sat there and I was listening to it going, next thing I knew the album was over. It just sucked me right in to the music. I was just like, it's like you're part of it or something. You're just sitting there listening. And I'm going, I wish everybody in the world could have that experience of just listening to something and get getting fully engulfed in it because it's it, it does take you away and you now understand why people were so, were so obsessed obsessed with music so long ago you know like in the seventies and eighties because it was it was their life and it was that like if you had a shitty day at work and you know you come home and. Uh, you know, it was their way of, uh, of uh, to escape, you know, get away, you know, from all the bad things that were happening or whatever, because it does, it takes you there. It takes you to a different place. And especially probably more of the songs, which are not the number one hits, you know, some of the songs which have real depth and meaning to, um, you know, you really listen to and you really listen to what's going on. It just takes you somewhere else, which is, that's what music does. And I only wish people could really, truly hear that or get into that again you know and, you know you know don't get me wrong there probably is lots of people who do that you know probably people going on now shouting going i do listen to music why is he saying this <laughs> but you know it's just music is a is, is a wonderful thing i know if i didn't have music in my life i would be miserable i know because there was two weeks during lockdown i don't know i didn't do music and i don't know what was happening and i, I realized i was grumpy every day and i went I haven't played music in two weeks, right? Back out in the studio, I started playing guitar, and ever since I've been happy again. So it's 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 you know it's a big it's, music is a a great thing for everybody to have, I believe. So. Oh, it it really is. And when it comes to talking about like listening to like getting a vinyl player, listening to it, just getting lost in the album, and just wishing other people could experience that. Don't worry, I already do. <laughs> good man, good man. My dad has two record players. So has. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like with the vinyls i get a lot of them are more modern like stuff that i would listen to today like i get a lot of that but then i've got this my best friend it's like every year for my birthday he ends up getting me some used vinyl he finds i don't know where he finds them but the past two years he's like what he's got me is just absolutely been killer like he found me an original vinyl for back in black by acdc i'm just like oh this is awesome and then last year for he's like yeah i found it for two bucks i hope you like it i'm thinking oh this is gonna be great two bucks or my birthday nice i open it up and it was uh zz tops eliminator on vinyl i'm just sitting there i'm just thinking dude you killed it with this are you kidding me and so we were playing video games and just i had it going and all of a sudden I'm just listening to it and i'm just like re- remembering all these times that when i was younger where my dad had the eliminator cd we put he put in this uh stare like 1980 stereo with the tower speakers in the basement we just crank it up and like two-year-old three-year-old me is like air guitaring like a madman even though i don't know what the heck i'm doing to sharp dress man and under pressure and then the song i've got the six which it took me a long time to realize what that song was actually about and why my dad actually played that song for me and my brother we were like three four years old Oh my god, I still don't understand why, but it's still a hilarious story just because when the chorus is, I've got the six, give me your nine, and I'm listening to that as a two-year-old, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny how kids, you know, when you're when you're that age, like my kids pick up and things and they're laughing away and I'm going, well, <laughs> it's funny that this, but whatever, you know, uh, yeah, 
you know, the thing is, vinyl. I, you know, when you have vinyl, it's it's uh, you open it, and it's like you know, you get the pictures, you get all the stuff in there, and it's like, wow, this is really cool. You know, you get to see pictures of the band and stuff, but. Yeah, it's an experience having having a physical product now rather than a digital download. I still, I still like getting you know vinyl. I have slowly building up collection of vinyl and stuff uh, of of a lot of bands, and um, but I still have you know I have Apple Music now, right now, or yeah, it is Apple Music. I use that all the time. It, you know, it's great for me as a musician using it because it's if I want something, I can have it there and then, you know, quite quick. So that's it. Yeah, I think through this conversation, one I kind of, kind of, I, I figured out why, when it comes to streaming, why it's just people just pass over stuff. It's because they're not, it, it like buying it, said by a physical copy, you're not as invested into it a- anymore. So it's just if, if something doesn't hit you right away, you can quickly go and change something that either you know is going to, you're going to try something else. And if it doesn't hit you in the first, like six, gone in six seconds, if it doesn't hit you in that first minute, boom, I'm, I'm getting rid of it. You might not ever listen to it again, but. Say you were distracted when you were when you had it on, you might not really pay attention to it, but it might be a song that just completely hits you in a different way. And then all of a sudden, two years later, you listen to it again, you're like, oh my God, what song was that? Someone tells you what song it is, and you're just thinking, I listened to that two years ago, and I passed it up, and it hits me like this. What was I thinking? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a like people send me music, and I, I I always try to listen to it because you just never know what's what's you know if it's going to be good. It could be the best thing in, in the world, you know. And I I always try to listen to everything. If somebody recommends a new artist, I'll go listen to it and I'll give it a go. I always listen to stuff. I don't just uh, flick through it. Sometimes, sometimes I do. I do the gone in sixty seconds thing, but I uh, a lot of the time, if it's a uh, if it's kind of a style of music I'll be into, I think I'll go. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try this. Like there's been a few bands. Somebody people have reckoned recommended to me and i've listened to it and i went and then i've just skipped past and i've never listened to them again i couldn't tell you their name but um yeah it's just a strange word basically mm-hmm. you know people it's 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 so i suppose it's okay from likes of me telling people you know we try listening to music but music is my life and that's what i do and so it's uh, it's it's hard to get across to people that you know if you can experience what i do you would feel the same but then again you gotta remember a lot of people who listen to music are just they're not musicians they don't they don't understand they just hear a song and that's it a good song you know so um you always got to remember you know who's listening to your music as well is it is it another musician because a musician will listen to your music in a different way to a normal person a normal person will just listen to it from a surface you know uh, a musician will listen to it quite deep they will listening for you know drum parts or vocal parts or what's you know harmonies and all that stuff whereas a normal person say normal person <laughs> will uh listen to it just from the outset and they'll not think about any of that stuff and sometimes you got to do that to make a good song too you got to think about it from a person uh, a person's perspective of, of not being a musician so um but yeah and, and that's something else to remember too with because some of the bands i've talked to with like with some of their albums some of their songs they've gotten different reviews on like i'll say yeah i didn't get it we didn't get a good review on that from this publication i actually read one of those and i just basically said to the band like well it's i think it's just because the person that reviewed it looked at it from that surface level however where i got a completely different interpretation from it was because 
when I when I look at album, it's like okay, for I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it once, maybe listen to it twice, and then I'm gonna go through each song, take a look at the lyrics, and really understand it so I can figure out what's going on here. And when you do that, one thing I really get behind that is you can figure out the theme of the song, and you can figure out how that sound of the song and the the style of vocals and just the pitch, everything about it matches up with that theme to really put across the emotion that's trying to be put across through that song. And it's like, it completely can change the game for an album. It completely can change a game for anyone listening to it. If you just listen to it in a little bit more of a different way, maybe a little bit more of a deeper analytical way, instead of just, okay, I'm listening to it once. And does it hit me? Yes or no. Cause that can kind of just, you can miss out on a lot of great songs by just saying, I'm just going to listen and see what happens. And just, if, it, if I like it, I like, it. if I don't, I don't, if you look at it a little bit deeper, you can real, you can figure out not only why you might not like it, but you can also figure out a completely different meaning to it that hits you in a totally different way you weren't expecting. Yeah, that's why, you know, lyrics are very important in songs, you know, because, you know, people who are non-musicians, who, you know, you listen to it from the surface. There is one thing they do understand, and that's words, you know, so we're all the same. We all speak uh, a language. And if you have terrible lyrics, that will put those people off straight away They go, what? what's he singing about or they don't understand the lyrics so you know it's that that it's always a big thing having having good lyrics in a song is very important because you know imagine imagine reading a book with a terrible story well you wouldn't listen to it you wouldn't read it for any longer in a few pages you know i i, I watched i bought a movie sorry i rented a movie the other night i'll not say which one it was i can't remember what it was it was something do you remember the guy uh uh that tv show fraser yeah kelsey. it was him kelsey grammar and uh, i can't remember what it was called but anyway it was this movie and it cost me five pounds to rent and normally i'll sit through any whatever if it's crap i'll give it a go <laughs> right and i'll sit there till the end because i'm stubborn I couldn't get past five minutes of this because this script was so horrendously bad. I was like, I think I, I looked at my wife and I went, is this for real? Like, this is just terrible. Absolutely. So, I, you know, it's the same for music. If you listen to music and the lyrics are terrible, music may be great. Again, normal people don't really, won't understand. They'll, they'll, they'll know that, yeah, this is kind of, cool but they're mostly focusing in on the lyrics so lyrics are a big thing and that's why you had like like musicians like elton john years ago and they he didn't write any lyrics because he was like i can't write lyrics they're terrible so he always he uh had his sidekick um who wrote all the lyrics so they were a team so basically he was a great uh he wrote lots of poetry this other guy can't remember his name there's a movie about it but anyway uh so it's very important because that's that's the one thing that people understand is, is words and if you tell a crap story people aren't gonna bat yeah it's like it's like the don't judge a book by its cover because if if you just listen to it once all of a sudden that if you think it's crap it's like well imagine like going back in the mid to late 90s people saw this name harry potter and the sorcerer stone or philosopher stone or whatever it was it's just yeah it doesn't seem like anything cool but all of a sudden people actually open up and read it and it was just something that took the world by storm it's the same thing for music of all of a sudden you just don't like it from like the first 10 second first 15 seconds you're just looking at a certain part in it you're looking at the cover of it 
And it's just, oh, I don't like this. Uh, it's just, well, did you give it a, did you actually like open it up and see what it was about? Because <laughs> if you do that, you're going to get a whole different feel from it. And if you really didn't like it, and then you listen to the whole entire thing, you might figure out exactly for yourself why you just didn't care for that song as much. And then maybe tr- go on to the next one from that same artist and give that a shot just because there might be something, there might be a piece there. It's like, I want to see this artist keeps doing a certain aspect that I'm really locking into later on in this album or this EP or just like the next single or something like that. Yeah, you know, you just got to listen to music and just listen deep to it and listen to what's going on. And, you know, there's there's lots of bands out there like Muse. You know, you know Muse, the big, big rock. Yep. They, they, they're a cult band, basically, you know, but they've kind of crossed over now. But they're massive. I remember when they first started, they were they, they didn't they were just like a cult following, but people really dug their music. There was no real catchy choruses or anything like that. You know, there was no... Uh, uh you know pop stuff going on but becomes a cult because people get into the music they dug what was going on and so that's it's an example of how you can really uh it's my kids going to say hello so (laughs) 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 no so uh yeah you gotta basically just get into it and just listen to more of what's going on from the artists you know because as I said before, with the, even when I was talking about doing covers, artists put their heart and soul into stuff. So it's, you know, it's it's worth giving it a listen to see if there's anything in there that you like. Oh, very much so. And take a look at the time right now because I've got to jump. I got another one I got to do in these about 20 minutes. And I, I like there's one thing I want to talk about is because like how Tim put you had an incredible backstory. But man, I had so much fun just talking about just the I like music theory and idea with you throughout the year of 2020 because I've never really gone this deep in the music with someone like this, just kind of the thought process behind songwriting, song creating, and then just also getting into music like we have. This was absolutely incredible. I loved every minute of this. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Maybe a little bit different than what I was expecting. Maybe a little bit different from what you're expecting, but I still thought this, I mean, I'm like, my mind just kind of think about some of these things. And like, not a lot of these things are making more sense when it comes to like music being put out in 2020, experiencing music, and then also figuring out, you know how why people have different experiences when listening to music versus what I have. Yeah, it's uh, you know, as I said, well, as I said, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to you know uh, experience what other people experience because people people are too busy. So sometimes doing things like this, like podcasts, you know, uh, you know, and talking a little bit about the you know the, the deeper understanding of music can enlighten people a little bit i think you know, and make people think and go maybe i should give that album which i turned off after 60 seconds there i go <laughs> you know so you know hopefully it, it helps people to get back into listening to music or, or change the way people think about it i don't know maybe they won't I, I'm I'm hoping it does though, and you know what? I'm just gonna keep pushing to see if I can make that happen. Where all of a sudden, yeah, people start listening to more music a little bit more than just that like first ten seconds of the "Gone in sixty seconds" kind of style. Because there's so much good stuff out there. There's so much good stuff coming out right now, especially with being in a pandemic. Everyone's going through different emotions, so those emotions are gonna come out in those songs. So please, just give them a listen, guys. Just give if if you just give it more than just that ten seconds to figure out if you like it or not. Give look at it more than just the cover. Look at it more than just the surface. Yeah, exactly. Just look at it. Music is, music talks to you. I think you know when you listen to it, it uh, you know it takes you on a journey, it takes you on a path, it takes you somewhere you uh, somewhere different than where you are. You know, it's like watching a really really good movie. It takes you on a journey. Music does the same thing. 
So. Exactly. I love that. All right. Before we sign off, Simon, is there anything you want, any last words you want to say, anything you want to get in there before we uh, give you all sayonara? No, just the EPs coming out on whatever date. And uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, I never know these inf- the information. I just, that's why I have the record company doing all this, but yeah, uh, no, just come, come check out my stuff, have a listen, you know, go to my social media and stuff. See what's happening. See what's going down. Fair enough. And then to make it easier on you guys, because you guys hear me talk about this all the time. When it comes to YouTube video, look at the description of the video. When it comes to the podcast on Spotify Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, just take a look at the description. Any link for Simon McBride when it comes to socials, when it comes to website merge, um, when it comes to where you can stream his music, listen to his music, just look at the description. All the links are going to be right there. It's a one-stop shop for you guys and make it as easy as possible on you. Good man. <laughs> Alrighty, Simon. Well, hopefully 2021 when that rolls around and every hopefully everything's kind of opening back up again. We get back to live shows. And if I see you anywhere playing near where I am at that moment, I'm seeing you live. Good. I'll see you there. <laughs> Alrighty, Simon. I'm gonna end this with not a goodbye because that's a promise I'm gonna make you to see you live. So I'm just gonna end it with a see you later. See you later, man. <laughs> Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Sam McBride, and that was fantastic. I mean, I was, <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. I've through that conversation with him, I've learned so much about music industry in 2020, and just thinking about what happens when music gets released, why people are doing the things they're doing right now, and also just the thought process behind why people listen to music and why people are skipping over stuff, and why it's just some artists think. You know, you have to come out with something that's like an absolute banger on every single one and really stick out in the first 15 seconds so or 60 seconds so you don't have gone in six seconds Nick Cage style. So this one was awesome. I really hope to see Simon live in 2021 because his style is incredible. He's very versatile if you listen to his EP. So go check out the new one. It comes out on October 23rd. Link to the description below for everything for him. And please follow us all our links description below please subscribe to the podcast wherever you may and that's gonna be for me today guys thank you for listening to the core progression podcast pressing msotd rocks or rock and metal thrive my name is kevin and you guys know how i end every single one of these episodes with a big healthy and hearty see ya yeah